This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Olo Olo, Mark Hollowell. To be more like Mark, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. You're listening to The Marler Show. It isn't on the radio. It's a podcast, fool. You listen anywhere you go. The Joe Marler Show. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce. Hello, Joe. How are you? Fucking formal. It was it? a bit formal, wasn't it? Yeah, you've got your arms folded in a very body negative fashion. Where's your wedding ring, Joe? What? Where's your wedding ring? Oh, fucking hell. <gasps> So if you brought that up... Well, I can see. You want to talk about that for an intro? Okay, let's, let's move on. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I don't have my wedding ring on. I didn't think... I guess we share a lot with our listeners, so I might as well. Uh, I've got this like little cut on my wedding finger... On your ring finger. On my <laughs> wedding <laughs> ring <laughs> finger? <laughs> you, got, you got a wedding finger because of what you did with... No. <laughs> and... It rubs on my ring, oh. so I took my ring off, and, I, and I'm not going to put it back on until that's healed, so that's why. It's a relief in some ways, Joe. Yeah, no, it is a bit of a relief. Do you know what I find most helpful in giving me relief? <laughs> magazine? Magazine? Just some thoughts in your head. No one uses magazines anymore. You've got 5G. <laughs> dismissive that look is sorry no one uses no magazines. I'm not talking about masturbation okay. I am talking about ice lollies oh the other night I had can you guess we oh, we sometimes do how many it's too many oh shit jingle how 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 many how 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 many is is too many how 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 many is too many 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 can you guess how many Valencia orange ice lollies. Valencia. Pardon? Uh, how big are these lollies? They're like a normal ice lolly size, so that big. So you're showing me, what, six inches? Yeah, go on. Okay. Is it just a plain 
Valencia Iceland. orange ice lolly. There's no sprinkles, there's no... No, it's just okay. all natural ice lolly. 78 calories a, lo a lolly. Okay. I would say, even by your standards, because you're going to get a bit sick of the flavour, you're also going to suffer from the coldness of the ice lolly. Mm. So I would say you... How many came in the box? Four. I one. gave one to Days. Okay, so you've had three from the first box. You're the sort of man who likes to open a second box. Mm. So I'm going to say you had... You had four, and then you felt a bit sick. And then you looked at them and just thought, it's a bit melted. I might as well have another one. So you had five. Daisy had her first one from the box and then started on the second one and then gave it up. So you had you had five. I had 11. What? Had 11 a, iced lollies? I had 11. I had three boxes. Three boxes? <laughs> they're fucking great, honestly. I, and every night now, I eat iced lollies. Not How ice many? creams, iced lollies. On average, I'll have four a night. Many questions here. When you were working your way through 11, was there a point where you thought you were finished and then you surprised yourself? After every box. <laughs> I thought I was finished, but then I'd go back out to the freezer, get the next box. What was the gap between finishing the first box and then going to the freezer for the second one? How long? Uh, so you walk out there, it's about 30 seconds. <laughs> Walk. When you finished the second box, was there any thought in your head whatsoever apart from I'm getting another box? No, I think by the time I'd had the second box, I always knew I was going to have the third because it was there, so I might as well. What was your technique? Were you biting into the ice, which is difficult for some no, people? No, so I put, I put it all in. Put the whole lolly in? Yeah, like deep throat it mm -hmm. and suck a lot of the juice out around the edges so that it just becomes ice. So you suck all the juice out, you get all the flavour. And then it goes a little bit white, and then I bite that bit, and then I suck it even more in my mouth and put it on the roof of my mouth, and just do that the whole time for 11. Next question, Daisy's reaction. Didn't bat an eyelid. Didn't bat an eyelid. It's just not a surprise to her anymore. Her husband has sat down next to her, yeah. smashed through 11 Valencia. Valencia. Orange lollies. She's not commented whatsoever. She's just gone, fucking hell. Like, you're a pig. <laughs> yeah, so there was, she did say Yeah, something. but it wasn't in a way, oh my God, you're such a pig. It's more like, yeah, you're a pig. Was that all the boxes that you had in the freezer? Yeah. Had you had a fourth box? I'd have eaten them. Would you? Definitely. How many boxes would you have had to have to not open another box? <sighs> Five. <laughs> I, six, I think I could do 16 in one sitting. 17's too many. <laughs> but, but do I look like I've got a little bit of a glow to me? I was going to ask that. Yeah. But I was going to, rather than asking about your, your skin colour, yeah. I was going to ask what your shits were like the next morning. Luminous? No, they were just regular, like five, six times a day. They were <laughs> my regular. So um, I would highly recommend a diet of Valencia Eithlolith. It helps me with snacking, otherwise I'd be eating... It helps you with snacking, it is snacking. No, it <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have real issues with snacking at night. Yeah, okay? you just described it 11 no, Valencia Ice Lollies. That, that's to conquer my snacking How have issues. you conquered it? You've eaten Because I'm lollies. eating Valencia Ice Lollies instead of fucking handful of nuts. <laughs> you know, the, the calorific of the nuts. would be much better for you. What? Are they all the natural oils in a nut, but you've banged out 11 Valencia. Oh, this is bollocks. If you'd like to support this show, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon for just a pound a week. You can get bonus content, ad-free, longer episodes and at the exact same time, Joe Marlow, you will be... Helping me get more money to buy Vedentia Eichlolith and growing the show. 
You can also listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. Can we get a guest on? Let's get a guest on. Dun, 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 dun. Why are you doing properly? <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Give us a Top Gun song. Highway to the danger zone. Okay. Highway to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today. Dun, dun, dun. Is Ollie. And he's a fast shit engineer in the RF. <laughs> That is the worst idea you've ever come up with. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll try this one. Our guest today is Ollie, and he is a <laughs> fast jet engineer in the RAF. <laughs> that was much better. Better? Yeah. Is it Ollie, Oliver? Oliver from Naughty. Ollie to everyone else I know. Ollie, can you tell us what a fast jet engineer does, please? Yeah, so a fast jet engineer is basically broken down into two sub-trades within the RAF. So you have avionics and mechanical, so avionics is basically anything electrical. Mechanical is basically anything like undercarriages, dirty... (laughs) No joke, wait. (laughs) Dirty, heavy engines. Hold it, joke. Anything that's going to get your hands dirty, so they're they're called nicknames. So we've got, avionics, we've got the nicknames fairies, because we don't like to get our hands dirty, we mess with light, sort of delicate stuff. Heavies get their hands dirty and do the more rigorous stuff. What the fuck? By undercarriage <laughs> of a plane, do you mean like the the belly? Do you actually call yeah. it the it's actually yeah, undercarriage? Yeah. So, oh, it's actually under the carriage. What, you mean where you put your bags? No, so when the plane's, when you're taking off or landing, the plane has to land on wheels and that's called the undercarriage. Where the legs and the wheels attach and they hide away, that is called the undercarriage system. When you're on a plane, when you're going on a holiday, for example, when you're on the ground and you're not in the air, the wheels that you're travelling on are called the undercarriage. So your name is Ollie. Yeah. Oliver when you're being naughty. Yeah. Ollie, just to everyone else. Yeah. You're pretty <laughs> thick set if I'm looking at you. Yeah. You've got a good, strong head on you. It's yeah. quite square. It's very square, yeah. It's so quite block-like. One of the nicknames I've got is Slabhead. Yeah. Yeah, De- classic. Definitely accurate. Classic, classic. Really good. I'd have probably gone with Blockhead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you could have got a sponsorship deal with that gum. There's a vitamin and a caffeine gum called oh, Blockhead Gum. Huh. You should eat that now. Yeah, um, sponsors. Now, we've done this before with Top Gun and our call signs. Ah. And this is Tom yeah. of the Four Dice clan. And Strong. my name's Joe of the Marla clan. But your, your, do you remember your call sign? Top Gun call sign? Cheese sandwich? Right, he was cheese sandwich. The yeah. thinking, Ollie, can I, if I could just explain. Uh, clearly, the call signs in the second Top Gun film were very American and very sort of gung-ho and over the top. And we yeah. felt that if there was a British version of Top Gun, the call signs may become more prosaic. So yeah. what was yours, Joe? Shagatron. Mm. Strong. Ollie, have you got a call sign? No, so... Oh. Well, I'm not... It's for the pilots, but following on from the nickname Slabhead, another nickname I got was Dick Fingers. Sorry, can you show me your fingers? Fingerish fingers, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, I got that, got that nickname, but probably been a call sign, I reckon. Dick fingers. Dick fingers. Yeah, why not? British, it's very British, I'd okay, say. Okay, so we've got a uh, cheese sandwich. Cheese! Cheese sandwich, come in! Hello? <laughs> what do you say? What should I be saying, Ollie? Cheese sandwich, uh, requesting taxi onto... Uh, I don't even know. I what do you need a taxi for? You're in a fucking taxi. plane. <laughs> taxi, that's what it's called when it's on the ground. So when it's on when it's on its wheels, the undercarriage is down, 
and then you're taxiing about. That's what it's called before you go for Ah, okay. So, yeah. Sorry, right. So we've got the Shagatron, we've got cheese sandwich, and we've got slabhead dick fingers. Mm. Is that right? Just dick fingers would do, okay, I Okay, dick yeah. fingers. Yeah, just okay, dick, shorter, fine. snappier. I'm interested to know whether you know this answer. You know when a plane lands on a boat? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like a yeah, fucking yeah. fast plane. What material do they use to catch it? Is it elastic? No. Is it like a bungee? No. What so do they fly into? They fly into an arrested piece of wire. So it's obviously, it can tolerate like the G-forces that it sustained. So it's got, the aircraft's got an arrestor hook on the back. So in Top Gun, and Top Gun 2, when you see them at the start of the movie on the ship, taken off and landing, it's an arrested landing. So a hook comes down, catches it. It's, it's slightly up from where the, like, the ground level is by about a few inches. The wheels go over it and it catches it slows it right down if you miss that are you in all sorts of trouble they do a go around so a pilot would do a go around so I don't know if you have it on top when they do do a couple where like they'll come in touch down and it's touch and go basically so if they miss it they'll know they're like well shit I haven't stopped and they've got to go bosh straight back off again <sighs> quick time as well they've got to throttle up and go quick time could you do it Joe what fighter jet pilot claustrophobic you've got a nice glass roof canopy canopy, canopy thank yeah, you yeah it's nice yeah What's nice about it? You're closed in a fucking plane that's flying a million miles an hour. If you, Ollie, if you were the engineer for Joe and he were a jet fighter pilot, how do you think he'd get on? I think size-wise, I struggled to get in there in terms of shoulders. So you're much bigger than me and broader than me. So I would say, like, getting into a cockpit is it's cramped. You've got a height adjuster on the seat, which is fine for leg room, but in terms of everything else, you're very cramped in there. Why wouldn't they make them bigger? I'd when, say that's quite discriminatory. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's basically saying, like, fat people can't fly jets. <laughs> Is that what it's saying? That's, what I've, that's how I've interpreted it. Ollie, if, if Joe were somehow to have a custom-made jet fighter, so Joe is now sitting in the cockpit. Talk us through what Joe is seeing. Talk us through uh, the controls he has and what you have set up on those controls. So within a uh, cockpit in most fast jets, like you'll have a, a glass cockpit. So you've got three screens in front of you, like iPads. Well, like a Tesla. Yeah, so... Oh, wow, fancy. Yeah. So Tesla's got one big one in the middle, so they've got three. They display everything that the pilot needs to know. Your engine speeds, everything like that. Fuel, uh, hydraulics. So hydraulics on an aircraft, that's what powers the flight control services. Do you know what I mean? So, like, when the aircraft obviously elevates and goes up, hydraulics power that, and they're at 5,000 PSI, they are. <laughs> so, what your car tyres at, like, what, 30? PSI? Pounds per square inch. So, you know when you inflate your tyres, 30 PSI, they're running at 5,000 PSI. Yeah, I do, I do, do you go to 30? Your tyres 30? Mine are 30. Are they? Yeah, I don't Do you know think why. I've over PSI'd mine? What's yours at? Like 37. Yeah, that should be all right. Should be, should be all right. Yeah, should should be I let it down in winter? Or is that up in winter? It'd be up in winter, down in summer, because oh. it expands room for expansion. Though. So Joe has got... <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm sat there with my 5,000 PSI hydraulic system yeah. and my three screens. Am I holding a... Uh, like a, a a rod between my legs. Yeah, you know, like a. Uh, you got you got sorry. You got your joystick. <sighs> you got hands on throttle and stick. So you got your throttles on your left, which is like a two system thing, one for each engine. So it's like split into two. You got buttons on there, and then you got your um your hot ass stick. Pardon. Hot ass stick. So it's called hands on throttle and stick, and they're a twit like they're a system that. It's called a hot ass stick. Uh, yeah, hot ass. H o t a s. Hands on throttle and stick. There's loads of abbreviations that I could go with you, but yo. It's ridiculous. Yo, I'm here, I got my hand on my throttle, <laughs> and then I got my hand on my hot ass stick. 
How do I press go then? What, what to go forwards? Yeah. Your throws. But for those forwards, nah. Oh. Nah, it's more like... They're loud. That was good. They're loud. What do they run on? Fuel. Fuck. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank, yeah. thank God we got Ollie in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. They run. Did you know, Tom? Did the fuel, you know so They run on fuel. The fuel. If Joe were to put the fuel that fuels a fighter jet in his car, well, he wouldn't take off. Put it that way. I don't reckon. Faster? No. It's aviation grade, but it's further down the distillation chamber. So whereas petrol is quite combustible, jet fuel you need to leave to vaporize before it's like proper. It's still dangerous and flammable, but you could basically you put a lighter to it, it wouldn't light, uh, let it vaporize, and then it would wash. Okay. So what are the different sort of planes that you work on uh, for the RAF? Are there so, different names and stuff? Yeah. So we're obviously our trade makes us available to work on all different types and platforms that the RAF utilise and fly. So, ranging from what I work on, Eurofighter Typhoon, that's our fast jet, one of the fast jets that the UK has. Another one of the fast jets, F-35B Lightning, that's what they have as well. They're the two main fighting aircraft. Up from that, we've got like the heavy transport fleet. So, I don't know if you've heard of a Hercules. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking the guy that Hades hated. That's what the name's based off. So I don't know if you noticed, but most military aircraft names have a name after it as well. So what? the Hercules before it is called C-130, but it's American. So C at the start of it means cargo 130. <sighs> C-130 Hercules. Is that why an F-11 is a fighter jet? That's it, yeah. What's an F-40? There isn't one, but... Oh. <laughs> You've got an F-22, so it's fighter 22, but then the name after it, that's called a Raptor, and that's an American jet as well. Shaped like a dinosaur. Very flat. Black dinosaur, yeah. Oh, like, what, uh, but what? How did you get to F? F? What did you say? Eleven? Why? Why wouldn't it be F one? It's Americans. I don't know whether or not they when they designed it or they kind of skip a few. So there's an F sixteen that the Americans still off, operate. F 15s and then it goes to F 18s They kind of skipped F seventeen for some reason. No F nineteen, and it went straight to F twenty two, and then F thirty five. Take from that what you will. I don't actually know the. Not facts entirely on that. sure what to take from that one. No. Other than they can't count. Joe, what would you, if you had to name a fighter jet, yeah. what would you call it? FJ. That's good. Well, it's to the point, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you mean like a, like a truck? Like a, like a lorry? You know how lorries name their, oh, this is Ursula, or this is uh, Matilda. Is that what you mean? So you're, you're in your custom-made fighter jet. Yeah. You've got your... Made by Braun. Made by Braun. You've got yeah. your left hand on the thrusters, you've got your right hand... On my hot ass. On the hot ass. Yeah, and I go, let's go, Badger. <laughs> so my my Badger, my Badger is my baby. It's my custom baby. But how much does it cost for me to have this Badger Typhoon fighter built? 100 mil a pop. How many have we got in this country? 160 we've got currently, whether or not some are US, we've ordered and taken delivery of 160 aircraft. Yeah. So that is... It's a high number. 1.6 billion. Yeah. In the Beninging. <laughs> have you seen that clip? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Have that? Well, you seen that? Yeah, one? I love it. In, In the Beninging. Beninging. <laughs> <laughs> See, me and Ollie are going to get on. Don't oh. worry. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We're, we're loving it. So you've got 160. Uh, what? Uh, hang on. 100 million... Why does that cost so much? It's the tech and like the development that went into it. So obviously we're still flying this today and it's still due to fly by 2060. 
the the Eurofighter Typhoon, but it started to get the development in back in the early eighties. And its first test flight was in in the nineties, and then we're still flying it today. So you've got to think from that period of time, it was probably cheaper when it first came out. I think they were about forty one million of upgrades over time, and capabilities have increased. And now the price tag is hundred mil. Let's talk gadgets, Joe, that we would find on this plane. Yeah. Um, We've got a short list we prepared earlier, Ollie. And if yep. you could explain how these things work, that would be a huge help. Yeah. The flare. The flare. So the flare, it's an old defensive aid. So it's a last resort, basically. So a flare produces a hot burning phosphorus ball in the air. And if a munition is fired towards that aircraft, it can dispense flares if it detects a threat. So a heat-seeking missile would go towards the flare rather than the aircraft. So the, the ones that go beep, 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 Oh, you that, know, it's up your ass. Yeah. Beep, so. beep, 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 beep. And the nearer it gets, the beepers. Yeah, so that'd be your missile approach warner. That's your, what you'll be hearing in your in your headset if a missile was coming towards you. By that point, you, you know. So that's too late. Potentially. It's, there's still, obviously, time. That's where the, the flares yeah, would kick in. in. Yeah, so it can automatically dispense. Or you can dispense it yourself. And that, that if it was a heat-seeker missile, it would hopefully go towards the flare and not the aircraft. But What, what about... Um, like watching in Top Gun, they sometimes have got like backwards bullets, as in guns. Backwards bullets. No, sorry, <laughs> they've got guns like facing yeah. the, the back, so they can fire. They just shoot backwards, no. and it shoots the rocket. Oh no, they don't go backwards. They go forwards. The guns go forwards. They never go on a fast jet. They never go back. See, could you? I would highly recommend to the RAF <laughs> that they put some guns that go backwards. That's that is a very good shout. Yeah, and that. You can have for free. Thank you. It would be hard to point though, because obviously. Well, you get someone yeah. down there. Yeah. Just turn it round. Like if you have like it on a blimp. You know what blimp is? Yeah. You know how at the bottom. So I'm going Mr. Fredericks from Up. Have you seen Up? Yes. He could turn around and shoot it from behind, like how, they do in how, helicopters. How fast do you think the blimp is travelling in Up? Oh, three or four miles an hour. How fast, Ollie, does the Eurofighter travel? So the Eurofighter can go Mach one point eight, which is in miles per hour or in what we know as is 1,550 miles per hour. See, I know that that word, Mark. Mark. Was it Mark? So Ernest Mack was a Swiss engineer. It's the speed of sound, so Mach 1 is the speed of sound, and he was trying, he photographed an object moving at the speed of sound back in the 1880s. Joe, there's a scene in the very start of the yes, second Top yes. Gun where the, do they go to Mac 10? Mark. Is it Ma Mac? Mark, yeah, whatever. You say Mark, Joe, that's fine. Mark. 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 Mac or Mark 10, Ollie? Possible or not possible? Not yet. Not <laughs> you yet. You just no. said uh, the Eurofighter, is it called the Eurofighter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes 1.3? 1. 1.8. 1. 1. 1.8. So 1. 8. on the basis that Top Gun, Tom Cruise, Maverick goes to 10 yeah I'd say like your ones are really slow yeah big time do the Americans have faster ones or is there a possibility that Top Gun Maverick is fictional this came out where the Dark Star that's the aircraft that you see him doing Mac 10 and it obviously blows up sorry I, you nearly lost me I thought you were talking about Star Wars That was the, it was a fictional jet they made up for the film um, and it was based off an aircraft they had back in the Cold War era called the SR-71 Blackbird that can go Mac in excess of Mac 3.5 so that's quick, and that's the fastest manned aircraft that's been flown. The Dark Star, they, they went up to Mach 10, it's fictional, but it spooked the Chinese, and they moved their radars, their satellites, sorry, to point at America to have a look at it. Obviously, it wasn't there. They made a mock-up of it. It didn't fly, but because of the film, that's how they, they got spooked because of that. Hang on. So, so Top Gun Maverick yeah. freaked out the Chinese. 
Yep. That's fucking crazy. It's nuts, isn't it? Like, they've gone... This film means that they've got... <laughs> someone's gone in. Someone's gone into the Air Force headquarters in China and gone, I've seen an amazing documentary last night on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to guess. Someone high up the food chain needs to know they've pretty much cracked Mark 10. They've gone to Mark 10. Mark 10 is possible. But now I'm confused. Why would they go to Mark 10 if Mark 3 and a bit yeah. of the... Dark, black stuff, yeah, yeah. black, what was it? The SR-71 Blackbird. So the Black SR-71 Blackbird that can go Mach 3 and 3 dead or 3? Uh, about 3, we'll go about yeah, 3. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just, in the film, go 5? Like, make it somewhat... 6 tops. Why have they gone really unrealistic? Unless, of course, they've <laughs> fooled us all and the Chinese actually are spot on. If you were to fly as we now know, you can't at Mach 10, yeah. or let's say Mach 9, because obviously yeah. the plane breaks up in the film, in the documentary. What would happen to your body? The G-forces sustained, you wouldn't, we wouldn't survive it. So obviously he rocks up in that cafe, doesn't he? Grab, <laughs> grabs a glass of water and, uh, yeah, he's, he's absolutely fine. He's got a few uh, scuffs and bruises on him, so I don't think you'd survive at Mach 10. You're like riding on a rocket at that point. Yeah, but I don't know, because I'm pretty sure I've got close to Mach 10. At the fairground? At the fairground. You know, it spins oh, really yeah. quick and you don't get locked in, but you get locked in by... Mach 10 gravity for the waltzers no not the waltzers <laughs> when the, the fucking waltzers when the guy comes round and spins you round no. it, it, it's like it's pretty quick and that's when you get sucked into your chair no yeah, no, that's I'm quick talking, it's no, Ollie, I'm talking the real fucking bee's knees the danger you're talking about Eurofighter 1.8 I'm talking about fucking Death Star Blackbird G-force shit where you, you're standing up it's a big circular cage got you. and all you've got to lock you in is like a saggy uh, <laughs> chain yeah because you don't need to be locked in because you're just being spun round like in a tumble dryer yeah so that's the sort of thing you, I've done <laughs> I've come close to Mach 10 Joe how many marks do you think you could survive I'm going to ask oh you certain I was going to ask Ollie to think at the okay, same time no do that then that's more sensible Ollie <sighs> I I don't know whether or not Mac one Mac two for anyone really. You got to think like the pressures and it's exerting on your body. If you're doing that sort of speed, it's, it's I reckon Mac Mac two and a half. Mm. I don't know the what speed if anyone has ejected faster than that. What do you mean it's, ejected faster than that? Wow. Well, so obviously in a in, a, in a, a fighter aircraft they have ejector seats. Yeah. It's basically so that if anything does go wrong when they're doing whatever if they get shot down. If something goes wrong, the pilot can get out safely. And, um, yeah, he'll, he'll be okay, hopefully. With the eject seats, because this is a ridiculous thing to say, but I've often thought that looks quite good fun. Would you need a more powerful ejector seat the bigger the pilot? If you ever seen videos and you see them eject, shot up, away from the aircraft, at such a speed that the aircraft can get away from them, it's the separation that's key. Because you don't want to be pushing out slow and then hitting the fin, for example. You want to be out quick. So the thickness of the plate, that you're sitting on underneath that cushion, fuck, that, it needs to be really yeah. like yeah, yeah. dense and thick, otherwise yeah. you get a, a rocket yeah. in your noose. Yeah, big time, <laughs> yeah. Big, it's, it's a valid point. Do you know what I mean? Like, I that, didn't realise that's where yeah. you're going, but yeah. So I guess that, you know, would weigh you down a lot, which then plays a part into the mathematics of how fast and how far this this fighter jet could go because of the fuel that it requires, but based on the weight. Because there was a lot of planes in, in World War Two that that ended up crashing, or sorry, in World War One that ended up crashing, nosediving, because they um, lead-lined the base of it yeah. of, of like 
majors yeah. that were on board these planes. Have you just come up with an astonishing fact? It's true. And it would leadline, and they didn't realise that it would actually fuck up with all, all the fuel gauges and all the because they hadn't done the maths properly, and it would nosedive and fucking blow up. So even though they're trying to protect these majors and high-ranking soldiers, they're fucking dead because they put too much lead on the bottom. That was an awesome fact. That was wicked. That's the single best fact you've ever come out with. It's been great having you on, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> That, was so... <laughs> that really means a lot that I actually got a fact right that really meant that a lot awesome. to me thank you so much didn't even look it up missiles Ollie we've talked about flares yeah what are we talking about for missiles if Joe is sitting there in his yeah oversized fighter jet what is at his disposal so at his disposal you have a certain range of missiles so you have ASRAMs advanced short range air to air missile you have AMRAMs advanced medium range air to air missiles that's confusing already yeah I'd and so. you have meteors which are beyond visual range air to air missiles they're your air to air ordnance so they're called beyond but it's beyond called meteor. visual range air to air missile yeah so that's called why a are they not called bavurs well you can yeah that's what it is capital <laughs> letters <laughs> If the others are all as Bavarams. Why don't we call them Bavarams? Release the Bavaram. Meteor. Release the meteor. Is it a little red button that you press? Yeah, it is, yeah. Is it that pleasing? Flick switch. It's got a guard on it. And then, yeah. So that's like the safety, is it? Yeah, safety, Because you don't want to accidentally lean on it. No, you don't want to press it. Straight until fucking Everest or the wall of Great Wall of China. and then you're Everest? What do you mean? You just fly around Everest, are you? Well, okay, if there was a war, I would hide in the, the mountain. No one would find me there. And then this fighter jet goes, I know where he's hiding. Boom. No, he wouldn't be able to shoot me because he'd have the safety on. And if he, But also, it's a great place to hide because if someone was going to attack you with a fighter jet that could go 1.8 mach, that's, not, that's a great place to hide because if they shot me, it would set off an avalanche which might kill the world. <laughs> don't have to do with that one, do you? Another fact. Tick that one off, mate. Tick that one off. <laughs> so, do you load these missiles no. up onto the. Where we said at the start, so obviously, we're split into mech and AVs. They're the aircraft trades. And then there's another sort of sub trade called armorers. Armorers specifically train in ordnance and fitting missiles, bombs to aircraft, fitting flares, and fitting chaff as well. So, their responsibility is like the big. Dangerous stuff that goes bang, basically. What's chaff? So what we said about flares, they guide away heat-seeking missiles. Chaff sort of tricks radar-related munitions and aircraft. So chaff is little particles of metal that's shot into the air behind the aircraft's exhaust. And it fools radar by thinking that's well, there's a big thing there, it should be. And it's like, oh, the ordnance could ex- go off in that big plume of metal filings. It's like, oh, well, it's not an aircraft, but that's what's fooled it. It's, na- it's named after the chaff that you get after you've collected loads of grain. Yeah. So like the chaff at the bottom of these big grain holders. You, is that another thing? Yeah, like yeah. no, no, it's disingenuous. It's the same as the metal. Hang That's on why it's called these, all these little metal what? things and you put them out and it fucking scares them. Where are you getting all your research from today? Just the common common sense, obviously. You've never heard of chaff before. It's extraordinary. Jesus Christ. Oh, what would we want, Ollie? Help us out here. If we yeah. were to construct a Joe Muller show fighter jet, Yeah. What additional, I'll call it fine, what additional little gadgets do you think we would fit out the JMS fighter? Well, I reckon if it was going to be yourselves, I think you'd want twin sticks. You want two seats in there. You want to be either flying, do you want to fly side by side or one in front of the other? What do you want to do? Conventional, unconventional? 
What's which is conventional? conventional? So one behind the other. So you you lead and pilots in the front, and then you sort of co-pilots in the rear. You're my co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> if we flew next to each other, Ollie, would there be any danger the plane would just list slightly on one wing? Oh no, uh, no, because. No, once you're in the air, you're in the air, the aircraft would sort itself out. Mate, when you're flying that fast in the air, it's the same as if you put that, that fighter jet in water. It becomes weightless. <laughs> you can't believe these facts. <laughs> the seriousness with which you're looking at me. As if somehow you're Ollie and Ollie's you. Fucking hell, Ollie. I would turn around and chin that fucking just right that would now. Be strange. Anything else you'd like on the JMS? Got any radio? Like... Is there any radios there that's yeah, yeah. not just having to talk to cheese sandwich <laughs> or slabhead dick fingers? Yeah, so well, your radio, radio one. You got you got two you got two radios that you talk to, and they they obviously it's just for redundancy. So if there was to be one that you got different sort of signals, so a bit like you know in your car, you always have to follow on from your next state from your next tower that you're speaking to. So say for example, you're talking to cheese sandwich. On Radio 1, you've tuned into his station, but then you want to talk to Dick Fingers on Radio 2. <laughs> you've got to have that queued and ready to go, so you've got to be able to pull it out and have it ready to go. So you always, you've got two radios tuned in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it all with a straight face. I'm He's actually being serious, so I'm being serious. No, I know, but it's just the way you went, yeah, if you want to speak to Dick Fingers, <laughs> you've got to be able to just pull it out and be ready to go whenever you want... Fair fucks to you. It's really good so far. Yeah. Oh dear. What would you like to listen to, Joe, if we were sitting there? Because I think the conversation would, would struggle. I think I could see you just popping on some Adele as we flew around. I could, I could, no, I'd probably... I like uh, Drive with Andy Goldstein and Darren Bent. On TalkSport. On TalkSport. I, I quite like them too. They work well together. Can I get that in my jet? Potentially, yeah. I'm going to so, you... need a definitive answer, I'm afraid, Ollie. Depends how high you are and depends where you are. Would well, you know, as uh, the fast jet engineer, you've shaken hands with us, Ollie, as we, as we pulled the canopy down. Your mates have attached all the various armaments. Do you know where we're going at that point on a mission? If it's on operations, only the pilot knows where he's going to go, and that's, that's secret. You could probably have a decent guess, Joe, couldn't you? Like, if Ollie's armaments friends have just attached a lot of bombs, you're probably not going to Scotland. You're probably going to go somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like where? Where, you, where you're going to might use the bombs. What, like, where? You Wouldn't you look at where there are conflicts and which side that the nation is on and go, you might be heading there? He, Ollie's just told us it's a secret. <laughs> I don't want to pressure him, but, you know, have you, have you ever got any inkling that you've, you've, you know, been part of loading up a plane, not with the missiles, but prepping it for some big military operation? I'm in a nice warm hangar, basically, where we strip and rebuild the jets, ready to be sent out to those guys, so I have... No sort of dealio with um, the that sort of heavy operations for. He's Lanza. answered it really well because even if he did, he wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? You, I know what we're trying to do. You're trying to you're, you're penetrating him from the side, and I'm just like maybe going around the houses a little bit. But either way, he's fucked us, hasn't he? <laughs> like, he's really done us up a kipper, so we'll never know whether he's telling the truth or not. So we just. <laughs> We need to skirt around it. Maybe let's have a break and have a rejig of how we're going to attack him, whether it's from the flank or um, just pop a cap in his ass. Tom, have you ever had that issue while you're on holiday abroad and you can't watch your favourite shows because it won't let you stream it from back home? So I have had that very same frustrating issue. 
I missed three weeks of Bake Off while on holiday in Portugal once. Well, you're going to love this. I've found an amazing solution. It's called NordVPN, and it basically allows you to switch your virtual location back to your home country, which means you never have to miss your favourite show ever again. That sounds ideal. Is it really easy to use as well, even if you're not that tech savvy? It is so easy to use. It's basically only the price of a cup of coffee every month as well. Small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to a vast amount of entertaining content from all over the world, I'd say. Oh, agreed. You can go and grab your exclusive NordVPN deal right now by going to nordvpn.com forward slash Marla to get a massive discount on your plan plus a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash Marla. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Those were the adverts, Joe. We were talking about our tactics for attacking Ollie, which seems harsh, bearing in mind he is our guest. Ollie, here's, here's what I would like to know in all seriousness. So Joe might think sometimes he's under pressure when he's playing in big rugby matches. Arguably, you are under significantly more pressure because what you're doing makes a genuine difference to someone and their life. Do you ever feel that pressure when you're at work? Do you ever think, oh, if I don't do this properly, dot, dot, dot? Yeah, so especially within the aircraft environment, obviously you are signing against a certain set of instructions that you've carried out. So any particular job at any particular time that you carry out, you have to sign that you have done this in accordance with basically like an instruction manual, so approved data. If you were to sign against it and you haven't done a certain step, you're not doing the work properly and that can have detrimental effects. Obviously, like the number one responsibility is the pilot's safety and that's what we're responsible for. So if the pilot was to press a button after it's gone out of our hangar and it doesn't operate and someone's signed for that job being okay, they're responsible. That is always in the back of my mind as an aircraft engineer. It's one of, it's one of the biggest sort of things that's drilled into us when we learn our trade is that you are always responsible for your own work and take accountability for that. Are you on call all the time when you're on the base? Anyone in the military is on call, but uh, especially where we are, um, we have QRA. Fuck, me, Ollie, we'll honestly, have a guess. some of the stuff yeah. that I have to pause and... Right, I got the R pass, that made sense. Yeah. QRA. Uh, Quick? Quickly yeah. run. return. No, quickly return assistant. Quickly return. Quickly run. Quickly run? Quickly run about. Quickly run about. Ah! Ah! <laughs> That's not going to work, is it? <laughs> What is it? It's called Quick Reaction Alert. And basically, you have 365 
24 hours a day, you have uh, jets on standby ready to intercept any threats. So right now there are jets on standby? Yeah, yeah. So both in, in the north, there's RAF Lossy Mouth. RAF Lossy Mouth. Lossy Mouth, yeah, it's in Algin, right at the tip of Scotland. Lossy Mouth? Lossy Mouth, yeah. Oh, it's called Lossy, the it's base co- is called Lossy Mouth. It's Lossy Mouth, yeah. It's, it's not like a, like a call sign. No, no, so that's, that's what it's called, so that there is a place. So, have you heard of Lossy Mouth before? Yes. It's really nice. Where's the one in the south? Uh, RAF Coningsby. That's in Collingsby. Con Conningsby. Conings. What's yeah. in the in the beninging? In the beninging. <laughs> oh, we're back to that again. Collingsming. Conningsby. What is it? Conningsby. Conningsby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With an N. Con C O N I N. Conning. Oh, it's Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Conningsby. It's in Lincolnshire. That seems a little bit Midlands. Yeah, yeah. So what are you worried about, Joe? Well, why haven't we got nothing protecting us in the south? Well, they can get there that quick. They can, <laughs> so they don't need to be... They don't you're, need to be specifically like down here. Sussex. Yeah. That's what he's doing, Ollie. He's just thinking about Sussex. Got anything protecting Heathfield? <laughs> Have we not? Well, yeah, they can get that. They can, they can get from wherever they... They can go from, like, stationary... Yeah. ...to Mac 1.2... Yeah. ...in, like, two and a half minutes. At, 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 two, up to 35,000 okay. feet, so... Right, with the greatest respect, Ollie... <laughs> Lincoln. Yeah. I drove to Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Or near near Lincoln. I, I, I went and did this uh, festival called the Lost Village Festival. Yeah. Did I tell you about this one? I think so. It's near Kings Lynn. And uh, that took me four and a half hours. Yeah, it's a to slog. Drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's a slog. So that's how far away I, I am. Now I'm I'm being attacked by Roger Daltrey's helicopter. <laughs> right? Are you up in it? Or are you no, no. Down? He, I'm down on the floor, down the floor, and he's above the house. Right. And he's dropping water bombs. Right. From quite some distance, so it hurts. Actually, it slaps more. You know, when you jump yeah, in a yeah. swimming pool, it doesn't doesn't it, pop. Have you ever had one that doesn't pop? Yeah, actually. yeah. yeah. So that yeah. actually hurts more. Than yeah. Going, pop, so pop he's him. doing that, and then I press the button to call my. Uh, Call my mates at Lincoln who fly the Eurofighter yeah. Typhoon. Yeah, yeah. Four and a half hours in a car. Yeah. I've just looked this up on Google Maps, Joe, if you want some clarification. The yeah, distance between RF Coningsby and Heathfield. It's given me 186 miles, yeah. Ollie, but that, I mean, it has taken me around the M25. Yeah. I think up the M11 and then yeah. north to Cambridge, and it's probably taken me on a little bit of the A14 before yeah. heading north. Yeah. So we can probably shave off as the plane flies. 20-odd miles there. Yeah. How long's, how long's it taken Conningby mates to get minutes. some... Minutes. 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 Uh, from, what about traffic? Well, there's no, it, there won't be any traffic. Would though. it be above... Well, it's near Gatwick. So would it they'd be have, above the planes of the Gatwick? So th- they'd have to clear the airspace. <gasps> they'd have to... It, it'd, so that it'd, could it'd be, take five minutes? It depend, they would just have to clear or land all aircraft, depending on what the threat is. So how long, let's just clarify. Well, I've exactly, just told you the threat, Roger Daltrey's Roger throwing water balloons. So exactly how long has Joe got to hold off Daltrey and his water balloons before the fighter jets, which have been scrambled from Coningsby, can reach but, Joe? Bear in mind, I've only got a bow and arrow. Yeah, so you're going to have to use up your arrows for quite a while, probably about half an hour, <gasps> 45 minutes. Could you hold Daltrey off well, actually, long? No, I, no, no, no. So what I've, what no, I've managed no, no, no. to do here... Right, wrong and assess it all, is we need some fighter jets in an RAF base down south. Specifically, uh, Biggin Hill. Yeah. Thinking we could store a couple of Eurofighter typhoons there. You could propose it. Uh, you got a spare 100 mil? Fucking, I bet Roger Daltrey's got a spare 100 mil. He yeah, but he's your enemy. What do you mean? He's attacking you with a water balloon. Yeah. Don't, don't arm him with a jet. 
No, but then I would befriend him. But then you don't need the jet. I would go... I would sing Ben Howard to him for some reason. <laughs> it's because it sounded like the Who. Sorry. Who are you? No, no that's how, the football chant, but yeah. yeah. What's the Who one? Who are you? Who, who? Is that sung who, by the who? who? Yeah. Brilliant. I fucking knew it. This episode is sponsored by the following delightful people. The pharmacist, Dan Lloyd. Sophie Hudd's choice. Not Stuart the Psycho, but Tracy Pierce. There's no one crapper than Kyle Crapper. Cat East Hopes and Dreams. N is for Nishant Nerieth. Go on, my son. Andrew Harrison. James Napier, Joe Dell, and Greg Edwards. The locksmith, Jordan Blaylock. You're a wizard, hurry. Hoxley. Dave the wily old fox. Ian from Gloucester. And the composer, Sam Williams. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. What I want to know, Ollie, is um, what's the dream in all this? Have you watched Top Gun? Yeah. One and two, and yeah. gone, Yeah, I want to be Tom Cruise, or I want to be Maverick, not Tom Cruise, because he's just some... I've met Tom Cruise. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Scientology Whoa. meeting, yeah. or what? No, so he was, when I was based at Bryce Norton in uh, Oxford, they were filming Mission Impossible Fallout, the last one with Henry Cavill. And I was like, we basically got called down to go and do some bits down there. And uh, I was walking past these guys, and they were in American out, like uniforms, like military uniforms, and we got told, got told to go down to this one section, and I was like, excuse me, guys, do you know, do you know what's going on? And he was like, we're English, mate. And they were RF guys dressed in American uniform. They were oh. basically extras on the set. So I was like, what's going on here? Walked down, and there was a bit of a, like a set area, and I think we were going down there to cordon off people coming in. And I was like, is this, what's this for? And they were like, oh, it's for a film. <sighs> it's Mission Impossible. Didn't know anything about it. And from behind me, I hear this guy say, hey, how's it going? No. Tom Cruise. I was like, no. hey, I didn't know what to say. I What'd you say to him then? Hello. Uh, <laughs> hello. Hello, yeah. Tom. I've got a follow-up question, Ollie. So when I watched Top Gun Maverick, like many people, my thoughts were, my God, he's aged well. In the flesh, mm. does he look more aged or is Top Gun Maverick realistic to how old Tom Cruise he's, actually looks? He's almost got younger. He's <gasps> got younger, from what I'd say, from when he when they were filming that, which was about four or five years ago. Out of 100, how likely do you think it is that Cruise dyes his hair? Oh, 100. Ollie, yeah. you've seen him. Yeah. Definitely, he's, uh, it's, it's too, it's too, yeah, it's too good, it's too black, too good to it? be true. Yeah, it's too so, black, so, yeah. so back to the like real question I was interrupted by with Tom silliness. Is that the dream? Do you want to be a fighter jet pilot? I'm too old. I'm too what? old. Yeah, so 25. 24 is a cut off. <gasps> yeah, for 20. Why no, did I, you want to do that? No, so oh. I, I had no, I had no sort of interest in becoming a pilot obviously everyone wants to be a pilot at some point so at the crossroads I was at after leaving secondary education going into sixth form I had no sort of interest in going to university so my next then step was to go well do I get a job just go straight off after doing my A-levels get a job or get an apprenticeship where I'm earning money gaining qualification as well so that was the route I went down I got an apprenticeship in the RAF but it wasn't until 
we got taken on a school trip to Bryce Norton, where I was posted. And we went around all the different sort of trades, because there's so many trades in the RAFs. And then we went into this little hangar, like little room outside of a hangar. But the hangar was massive. Walk in, and there is this big, the biggest thing I have ever seen in my life. Like, how's that? How does an aircraft that big get in here? And at the time, I had no interest in aircraft. I don't know what I was interested in. Um, so I was like, that's cool. I want to work on that. Spoke to the engineers. There was a couple of pilots knocking about at that point. I think I was about 17, 18. I was like, yeah, I want to work on that. Joined up. And then my first posting after training was to that squadron, 99 squadron, which is nice. like, at that point, I could have gone, look, I'm done. I'm, I could quit because that's my life mission complete or life goal complete. If you did want to be a pilot, a fighter jet pilot, how long does it take to to learn? <sighs> Fast jet pilot is probably, it's probably about after elementary flying, all in all, about three years, I'd say, maximum. Well, minimum, because they, then they'll have to go on to the, the specific aircraft type they're enrolled in four, five years to be, like, good, because they have to then do simulation training and training on the aircraft type they're going on to. And, and you say 24's the cut-off. Yeah. Fuck. Would you, if you could turn back time, if you yeah. could turn back time, would you do it, Joe, and become a fighter pilot? No. How much, do you, how much do you get paid? Oh. What do we mean now? We've been talking about dreams, fulfilling dreams. Yeah, what, sorry, what sort of fucking dream is a someone with claustrophobia who's overweight and doesn't like heights <laughs> going to do in a fucking fighter jet? That's not, that's not a dream, mate. I would say that that's as bad as watching child's play <laughs> as a five-year-old and being scared of fucking Chucky the little doll all your life. So, no, I don't think I would. I have the utmost respect for the people that do do that. I have the, do do. <laughs> I have the utmost respect for the people that, that make these planes and keep these planes fucking running because as a deterrent, as a defence mechanism, that we do need them still, even though everyone's say, talking about, oh, you don't need all this tanks, all the money spent on tanks and planes and all that shit because yeah. everything's done cyber these days. Just look at people getting money taken from their banks. You don't see people going in banks anymore, do you? Do you? It's a, I mean, I can't argue with that point. But it's necessary to still have people like you, Ollie, knocking about. Yeah, thank you. No, no, that, thank oh, you. Oh, thank me. I just did. Thank you for <laughs> thanking you, me. Sounds like an ABBA song. Yeah. Knowing me, knowing you. Ah, good tune, good tune. Why did you do that? That was, that that was, was good. Lovely. You could have gone for the aha. Me and Ollie, I would like Ollie. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You'd know what I was going to say next. So we've been doing this podcast for two and a half years and we've met Ollie, who is admittedly extraordinarily nice and I like him a lot. And you're ditching your co-host of two and a half years for Ollie on the basis of coming back to you with one ABBA lyric. Okay. I've got if, more. If he comes back, <laughs> if he sings this next song... No, I get a chance. What? Yeah, okay. What, you why, want... Hang on, why am, I, why am I even in this competition? Because <laughs> you're up for replacement. Maybe you are. What's the show called? <laughs> oh, it's like that now. Well, it is now, yeah. Now that my fucking place is in jeopardy, I'm going to do one more song. It could be any song. Yeah, any song. Pressure. And then you need to, if you start singing the next thing, we're replacing Tom. Hang on. Right. Okay. Do I, is it not even a race to see who comes out with the Yeah, right okay, boat, it's a race. So hang on, you want the next lyric. You're going to stop and you want the following lyric. Yes, to sing together. Okay. So I'm going to say the first lyric. I'm nervous now. I'm nervous for you. <laughs> Hang on. Do we have to wait till you finish the whole line or can we just dive in? Do you, as soon as you get it. We could sing along. Yeah, you can okay. sing along. You ready? Yeah. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? It's me. Ah! 
he beat me? You stitched me. No, he did He stitched me up. He stitched me up. He sacked the wrong one. I was. Hello, it's me. I've been wandering around. Sorry, Ollie, as no, nice as it's, <laughs> it's been to have you on the show, you haven't made yeah. the cut to replace Tom, even though he fucked up by yeah. dad Lionel no. Richie instead of Adele. You should know me better. I know. I've... Adele is my baby. I know. I'll put Adele in that rocket and I will fly that rocket to the pleasure stakes, land. The stakes were high, Joe. It was too high for me. The pressure just mounted, and actually, I, I didn't. I wouldn't want to do this because this is yeah, this is not my bag. So. Okay, one more, one more. Time. No, don't get rid of me. <laughs> You're doing this show on your own. I'm sorry, Ollie. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. You've been great fun. Thank you ever so much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank, no, thank you, Ollie. <laughs> Was that the Eurofighter? No. That was the Blackbird R7, RS7 T7, just landing. That's the sound it makes to land. Ollie told me that off air, so I thought I'd put it on air. And I'd also like to vocalise with my voice. How As much opposed to? My anus. <laughs> how brilliant Ollie is. Just like a salt of the earth type bloke. Do you know what I mean? He was. And his fingers. Wow. Fuck. Do you know what I mean? If you were going to choose someone, Joe, to make sure that the £100 million pound plane that you were flying on was in full working order, you'd want someone exactly like Ollie. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely spot on. And Well, if you enjoyed the show as much as Joe and me, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. For just a pound a week, you can get bonus content, ad-free episodes, and you will be growing the show at the exact same time. You can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And if you would like to come and watch the Joe Marler Show live, you can still buy tickets to our live tour later this year. Click the link in the episode description or search for the Joe Marler Show live tour. And if you would like another podcast to listen to before Joe and I return to your ears, let me tell you about Captains with Sam Warburton. Each week, Sam, the former Wales and British and Irish Lions rugby captain, is joined by a different world-class sporting leader as they compare notes, relive those life-changing moments and share stories about what it's really like to wear the armband at the highest level. Guests come from a wide range of sports, so rugby, football, cricket, golf and beyond. And these are conversations we can all learn from, whatever we do in our lives. Captains gives listeners the inside story of how the most successful teams come together, how they grow and ultimately win. It's definitely worth checking out, Joe. It's one for your list. Can I recommend you get the captain of the world-leading Kabaddi side on the show? What's his name? John. I'll stick him on the list. See you next time. Bye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.